today's program with a recitation from the Quran al Karim by Hafiz Hamad Dindar. الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم محمد رسول الله والذين معه أشداء على الكفار رحماء بينهم رحماء بينهم تراهم ركعا سجدا يبتغون فضلا من الله ورضوانا سيماهم في وجوههم من أثر السجود ذلك مثلهم في التورات ومثلهم في الإنجيل كزرع أخرج شطأه فآزره فاستغلظ فاستوى على سوقه فاستغلظ فاستوى على سوقه يعجب الزراع ليغيظ بهم الكفار وعد الله الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات منهم مغفرة وأجرا عظيما صدق الله العظيم ما شاء الله جزاكم الله حفيظ حماد for that beautiful recitation respected friends and brothers alhamdulillah we are honored to be hosting a program of this nature which we have been speaking about in the past week the annual Sahaba Jalsa and it is taking place at this point in time started from yesterday already and will go right into the weekend over a number of countries and there will be more than 700 programs taking place and a program of this nature is not something to entertain but it is something for us to actually use to strengthen our iman and our belief. This program has got to do with our aqidah, with our belief. If we do not have the importance and the reverence of the noble Sahaba Ridwanullah Ta'ala alayhim ajmain in our hearts, 
it's going to cut us away from our deen. Because they were the first recipients of the deen and the wahi from Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Therefore, my respected friends and brothers, with the passing of each day, we are faced with so many negative, toxic onslaughts, specifically by those people who are ignorant and who don't know better, and they utter all kinds of negativity against the noble Sahaba. So before we become influenced by any of that polluted and contaminated negative air, we need to protect ourselves and our children. Because if we are going to be afflicted with the sickness of harboring any kind of negativity about the Sahaba, just a matter of time, we're going to say something. And then, my respected friends and brothers, when we are put in our qabr, at that time, when the questioning takes place in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we are going to find that we should rather not have said anything against the Sahaba. So we have to hold them in the highest of regard and the greatest of esteem. So alhamdulillah in that regard, this program has been carrying on now for the past five or six years already. And inshallah today, the speaker, as we are all aware, is Mona Tahir Saludamud Barakatuhum, a person and a personality who most of us are aware of. He is an imam at the Mayfair Masjid, alhamdulillah, we all read Salah and we have the opportunity of listening to his beautiful recitation. In addition to that, he is from the senior ulama of Johannesburg, giving guidance to the ummah there. And alhamdulillah, Morana, in the cause of his imamat in Johannesburg, was also honored with the opportunity of performing one year imamat in one of the masajid of Makkah Mukarramah. So that was from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's side for him. So alhamdulillah, we call upon Hazrat Morana Tahir Sab to enlighten us on the great status of the Sahaba. Ridwanullahi ta'ala Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi wa kafaa salamun ala ibadihi alladhina as-saffa amma ba'd. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajim. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Innama yuridu Allahu liyudhhiba 'ankum ar-rijsa ahlal bayt wa yutahhirakum tathhira. Sadaqallahu al-'azim. All praise due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has created us, sustained us, and above all created us in the best of ummah. That is the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In this world that we live as human beings, they are generally categorized four types of love. One is a love that is because of blood. So every parent loves their children, every child loves their parent. This is because of blood. The second type of love is generally based on what you see. So when a person sees someone who they like, there is a categorized as one type of love. Most occasions, marriage will fall in that category. Then you get the third type of love, which is because of speaking to a person, interacting with them. You like the person's personality, you like the person's way, and there is friendship. And that can also reflect to family. And the fourth type of love is where you have not seen the person, You've never spoken to the person, you've never interacted with the person, but you have an immense love for this person, and that is divine love. Just this afternoon, I was at the Muslim school in Johannesburg, and I started off by asking the students, I asked them a question that if someone were to stand in front of you today, 
and were to talk evil of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, what would you do? So this was a, the entire school, a few hundred students, and I expected the answer to be that we will tell the person to keep quiet or we'll explain to the person. And wallahi, to my amazement, when I just finished my question, saying, what would you do? Those children with one voice, without being told before there was a question, the children, our innocent young children said, we will kill him. And I looked at them and I, I thought to myself, that these are innocent young children who have never seen Rasulullah They've never seen Zahaba They've never spoken to them. Yet they have such a level of love that they would not tolerate anyone talking against Rasulullah Obviously I advise them, how do we deal with a person who talks against Nabi But there is that important category which you and I have and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep that love of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa and the love of Sahaba radiallahu anhum in our hearts. We, the jalsas that take place are there to educate us about the great status of Sahaba radiallahu anhum. Because of our lives going on, very often we don't have the time to learn about these Sahaba radiallahu anhum. But today we are going to discuss a very important person. A person who was very close to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa a person who was very close to the Sahaba radiallahu anhum and a person who was very beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hudayfa radiallahu anh says, one evening he thought he is going to follow Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa from a distance just to observe how would Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa spend his night. So he says, I was behind Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa and I kept a distance just observing what is Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa going to do. He says, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was walking and then he stopped and he was talking and he says there was nothing in front of Nabi there was no tree, no rock nothing preventing him but Nabi stopped and I didn't even see anyone talking to Rasulullah he says so I started coming closer to see from the side that what's going on he says at that moment Nabi heard somebody behind and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam asked, who is that? And Hudayfa radiallahu anh said, it is Hudayfa. So Nabi Sallallahu told him, come closer, O Hudayfa. What are you doing here? So Hudayfa said, oh Nabi of Allah, I wanted to follow you just to see your actions of the night so that I could emulate it. He then said, he said, oh Rasul of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I saw something amazing. There was nothing in front of you yet, you stopped. And then you seemed to be talking to someone, but I didn't see anyone. Oh Nabi of Allah, what transpired? Nabi Sassan looked at Hudayfa and smiled and Nabi Sassan told him, Tilka malakun. That was an angel of Allah. This was the first time this angel ever descended upon earth. And this angel will not be able to descend onto earth again. So obviously it was a very, very important mission. And then Nabi Sassan said, Ista'dhana rabbahu. This angel went to Allah to take permission from Allah to give me two glad tidings. This angel wanted two things from Allah. This angel requested from Allah that, Oh Allah, I want to go down and make salam to Muhammad on earth. So Allah blessed this angel with that. 
And the second the angel said, Oh Allah, I want to be the one to give no, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam the glad tidings. Then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, To give me the glad tidings. That my daughter Fatima will be the leader of the woman of Jannah. And, my two grandsons, Hassan and Hussein, will be the leaders of the youth of Jannah. The person we are discussing today is the same youngster who Rasulullah was sitting with all the Sahaba, and this youngster was sitting in front, and Nabi looked at him, and Nabi said, Inna ibni hadha, the son of mine, this grandson, Sayyid. He's no ordinary man. He's a leader. And verily, a time will come when most probably Allah will unite two groups of Muslims at his hands. This was Hassan ibn Ali radiallahu The son of Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu the twin of Hussein radiallahu anhum, this was Hassan ibn Ali radiallahu an. Hassan radiallahu an was amongst those who were very, very close to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Understand, Hassan radiallahu an is amongst those who Nabi sallallahu showed his affection towards. He is known as Abu Muhammad, a person who has got a very blessed lineage. You know, today you talk about lineage. So sometimes we take pride over the place we come from or where our great-grandfathers came from. And most of us haven't even seen those places. Hassan radiallahu anhu, what was his lineage? They say to understand who he is, understand who his mother and father are. Who is the mother of Hassan radiallahu anhu? Fatima radiallahu anha. There is a kitab on the lives of Sahaba radiallahu anhum. So every Sahabi has got a chapter with all the virtues. And this author, when he came to Fatima radiallahu anha, he said, I suffice on three questions to elaborate the status of Fatima radiallahu anha. What was it? Hiya bintuman, hiya zawjuman, hiya ummuman. Three things. He said, you want to know who's Fatima radiallahu anha? Ask yourself three questions. She is the mother of whom? The leaders of Jannah. Hassan and Hussein radiallahu anhuma. Hiya bintuman, she's the daughter of whom? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Hiya zawjuman, and she's the wife of whom? Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu an. This is the mother of Hassan radiallahu an. Hiya al-jadiratu bil-kuf il-kareem ilaha min al-mafakhili wal-alya yuhakiha faman min al-arubi al-arubai kafiha this is a woman who's got the most beautiful of qualities. Beauty, beautiful qualities get more adorned when they are seen in Fatima radiallahu anha. When a woman is of this stature, then 
Now, who would be eligible to be her husband? Who can, who's on par? Who is on that level that he can now become the, the, the husband of such a woman? Who else besides Ali? Rabibul Mustafa, the one who grew up in the lap of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He was amongst those who was, who was in the forefront of Islam, early to accept Islam. Who chose him as the husband of Fatima? Allah. That's why the whole world had to congratulate the two, that couple of Ali and Fatima. This is who is the mother and the father of Hassan ibn Ali. Radiallahu an. What a what a personality born in the third year of Hijri in Ramadan. When he was born and the news came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam was the nana to this child. It was the, the child, the son of the daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So in Arabic you would get the two terms, Hafid, and Hafid would generally refer to your son's children. And on this Occasion, it is different, and this is now the daughter's children. But what was the love and joy on the occasion of the birth of Hassan? The moment Nabi Sallallahu found out that my daughter is given birth, Nabi Sallallahu rushed to the house. When Nabi Sallallahu came there, they put Hassan in the hands of Nabi Sallallahu Now he is about to hear the first words in his life. The first words that Hassan radiallahu anhu heard were, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. The first words he heard were the adhan being called out in his ear. And who was calling out this adhan? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu gave the adhan in the one ear, iqamah in the other ear. Then Nabi sallallahu on that occasion made tahniq. Nabi sallallahu took a, a date, he chewed upon it, and then Nabi Sallallahu placed it into the mouth of Hassan radiallahu On the seventh day, the hair of Hassan radiallahu was shaved, and Fatima radiallahu anha weighed it, and she gave the equivalent of that weight of silver in charity, and that is what we do till today. When the hair was cut, Rasulullah Sallallahu took some itar, and he put it onto the head of Hassan radiallahu This is how Hassan radiallahu made his grand entrance into the world. Now came the time of naming the baby. So Nabi Sallallahu asked, Ali radiallahu anhu, the father, Mada sammaytahu ya Ali? Oh Ali, what have you named this baby? So Ali radiallahu anhu is known as Batal. You can't give him any other. He is known as a warrior, a brave man. So naturally, he gave the name Harb, war. He wanted his son to be in the forefront of protecting Islam. So he said, Oh, Nabi of Allah, I have named him Harb, war. Nabi Sassim said, No, oh Ali, this boy's name will be Hassan. Beautiful. Beautiful both in terms of qualities, in terms of outer personality, in terms of outer looks, he will be named Hassan. And one amazing fact is the name Hassan and Hussein were first given on earth to these two children, these two brothers, Hassan and Hussein. How is it possible nobody before that gave that name? Imam Nawawi says that Allah hid these two names 
from the entire world so that these two boys will be the first to have this name. That is how he got the name Hassan, which means beautiful. When Nabi Sallallahu named him Hassan, radiallahu an, at that occasion, Nabi Sallallahu the, the narration says, Hannaka, Tahnik, wa Baraka. Nabi Sallallahu made dua for Baraka. Now, to make dua for Baraka is so important. From the birth of a child, that is when the dua for Baraka starts. What's our habit today? Baby is born, first thing out, Instagram. WhatsApp status. Let's put the picture of the baby. Put the weight of the baby. We do all of that and then we cry, why does the child have nazar? We, we, we complain, why is the child crying? What did Nabi Sallallahu say? Ista'inu ala qada'i hawa'ijikum bil kitman fa'inna kulladhi ni'ma mahsud. Do your affairs in secrecy with a certain level of secrecy because every person who is given a bounty by Allah will have someone jealous over him. So previously, someone had to be close enough to you in order to know what you have and be jealous over it. Today we've turned it around, we've opened it to everybody and say there's it. What did Nabi Sallallahu do? Wa baraka. Nabi Sallallahu made dua for baraka. The habit of giving duas is the habit of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. On that occasion when Hudhaifa radiallahu an was behind Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Nabi Sallallahu turned around and said who is there and he said Hudhaifa when Nabi Sallallahu called him front the narration says the first thing Nabi Sallallahu said غفر الله لوالديك يا Hudhaifa Oh Hudhaifa may Allah forgive your parents a common custom which is prevalent till today among the Arabs if you go to an Arab and you make salam if your children are with you they will make the dua immediately Allah yuslih dhurriyatak. May Allah make your children pious. May Allah give your children the ability to be the coolness of your eyes. Barakallahu feek. Hayyakallah. A common thing to give du'as. This is something which we must implement. We must not be shy about it. This was one of the occasions when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa also gave this beautiful title and this beautiful du'a wa barraka when Nabi sallallahu saw the baby. Nonetheless, this, this baby then grows up now in the lap of Fatima radiallahu anha. Now can you understand the love of the grandfather? Nabi Sallallahu would commonly go past the house of Fatima radiallahu anha and Nabi Sallallahu would say, Athammaluka, where's that little bundle of joy? When you say Athammaluka in Arabic, it's a term that you refer to as, you know, in every different language you'll have your, your, your code words for your little baby. So in the Gujarati way they'll say, Bachu or in our English, we know, we'll say, where's my, where's my sweetheart, whatever it is. The Bishasim would go past the house and say, Athammaluka, where's that little baby? And Fatima, anha, on one occasion, was even changing the child. And the Bishasim rushed in. And the moment the Bishasim came into the house, what did this baby do? Jumped into the hands of the grandfather. May, Allah's, may our lives be sacrificed for those children. In whose hands did they jump into? Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How many occasions Nabi Sallallahu is walking past the house and he hears Hassan radiallahu anh crying. He comes to the door and he says, Oh Fatima, why is my baby crying? A baby is going to cry for so many reasons. But those who are grandparents will tell you, their own children cried and we accept it. But when your grandchild cries, can't handle it. A man will shout his own children 
when they grow up. But when his grandchildren are doing the same thing and they get shouted at by the parents, what happens? The grandparents say, no, leave him alone. And what do we young ones say? But you shouted me for it. This is something, it is a special love that Allah places in the heart of the grandparents. Nabi Sallallahu couldn't tolerate hearing Hassan an crying. And the message to the young, the young of our generation, when the grandparents say, no, give him a sweet, what do we, you're spoiling the tribute of my child. My child only eats healthy. Leave all of that alone. Allah has placed the love of this child in the heart of the grandparents. Allah has given that love for the grandparents. Don't deprive them of it. This thing nowadays of no, they can't go to the grandparents and you know, the specific times in the week. What is all this? Look at this example. Nabi Sassam comes past. Athamma, look, where's my grandchild? I want to see my grandchild. I want to play with my grandchild. This is how fortunate these two young boys were on one occasion. Nabi Sassam is on the member. Which city? Medina Tumunawara. Which masjid? Masjid al-Nabawi. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. What day? Jum'ah. Nabi Sallallahu is giving the khutbah. From the back of the masjid, two young boys walk in. Hassan and Hussein radiallahu anhumah. So Hassan radiallahu anhu as he's walking, the two brothers head on white kurtas with red stripes. And as they're walking, Hassan radiallahu anhu would trip every now and then and his brother would pull him up. And as Nabi Sallallahu sees from the back, he sees these two young grandsons of his coming. Nabi Sallallahu gets off the member. He walks to his two grandsons, he picks them up, he comes back to the member, he sits down and he puts them onto his lap and he says, Sadaqallah, verily Allah has spoken the truth. Innama amwalukum awladukum fitna. Your children and your wealth are a test for you. We have been blessed with their love. Nabi Sallallahu puts the two of them onto his lap. On one occasion, Nabi Sallallahu is reading Salah. The Imam of the Masjid, Masjid al-Nabawi, the greatest of all prophets of Allah, is the Imam and he's in sajda. Nabi Sallallahu lengthens this particular sajda. So Sahaba are wondering, has Nabi Sallallahu passed out? Has Nabi Sallallahu passed away? Has something happened? Then Nabi Sallallahu comes up. So after that salah, one Sahabi comes around, he says, Oh Nabi of Allah, I have a question about the salah. Nabi Sallallahu said, go ahead. He says, Oh Nabi of Allah, in this one sajda, you were rather long and quite delayed compared to normal. Oh Nabi of Allah, we were afraid something happened. Nabi Sassam said, you see this grandson of mine, Hassan, he was on my back and he was playing on my back and I feared that if I were to stand up, I would drop him. I didn't want to disturb my grandson, so it stayed longer in Sajda. Subhanallah. What fortunate children were these? In what level of tolerance did Nabi Sassam have with his grandchildren? What level of tolerance? Today the grandfather will take the grandchild out and obviously children today are different compared to the olden days. You buy them one ice cream, no, I don't want this, I want hagen They have the, the demands. But what is the, what is the responsibility of the grandfather? I'm not saying go beyond your means, within the confines of your means, within the confines of Sharia. But to accommodate these children. Nabi Sallallahu one day looked at these Hassan and Hussain radiallahu anhumah and he says, Hatan, Rayhan, Ataya, these are my two flowers. These two grandsons of mine, are my flowers. Nabi Sallallahu loved Hassan radiallahu anhuma to a great extent. He was fair and reddish in complexion, wide, very dark black eyes, and he resembled Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam physically. So if you looked at the face of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, 
you would see it in Hassan radiallahu an. And if you looked at the body of Hussein radiallahu an, you would see the body of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa This is how the two of them were complimented. And this, on one occasion, Abu Bakr radiallahu an came out of the masjid after Asr salah. And as he walked out, he was walking with Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu an. So Abu Bakr and Ali radiallahu anhuma are walking and they're exiting the masjid. And the children are all playing outside. And amongst them is Hassan radiallahu an. So Abu Bakr radiallahu an, this was after the demise of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Abu Bakr radiallahu an goes to Hassan radiallahu an, picks him up, puts him on his shoulders, and then he turns to Ali radiallahu an, and he says, Bi Abi, Shibhun bin Nabi, la bi Ali. He says, this child, O Ali, it doesn't resemble you at all. This child actually resembles Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This also tells us about the relationship between Abu Bakr an and Ali an. What a beautiful relationship. You wouldn't allow anyone to pick up your child unless you love them and you trust them. And for them to be able to joke in this casual way also tells us about the relationship. Hassan an was a person who grew up in the company of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made his tarbiyah, his nurturing on one occasion. The family of Nabi Sallallahu are not allowed to eat of sadaqah. They're not allowed to eat of sadaqah as a sayyid. And one other, one other beautiful factor of these jalsas that takes place throughout the country and over 22 different countries is that every year it is preferred that a sayyid starts the proceedings. So these jalsas that take place are the means of barakah. It is a means of the mercy of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and even starts most occasions with a Sayyid and Alhamdulillah there are many many ulama who have, who have advised this and we are so fortunate Alhamdulillah that we even have one of our seniors here who has been had the good fortune of starting it on a few occasions Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us with the ability of taking full benefit from all of our ulama this particular this occasion of when Nabi Sallallahu was sitting and Hassan radiallahu an picked up a date so as a child, if you put a sweet in front of a child, naturally they're going to eat it. So Hassan an took the date and he put it into his mouth. When Nabi Sallallahu realized that this is a date from the date of Sadaqah, Nabi Sallallahu put his finger in the mouth of Ali an, took the date out and told him, Oh my son, don't you know that we are not allowed to eat of Sadaqah? Now what do we learn from this? He was brought up from a young age under the nurturing of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But more importantly, we sometimes say that my child will learn when they grow up. Leave them now. Certain principles of life must be taught when they are small. I'm not saying that your four and three year old must not come to the masjid. I'm not saying they must start reading salah. No. But there are certain basic principles in Islam. Look at this particular example when Nabi Sallallahu actually took the date out of the mouth of Hassan radiallahu anhumah. Hassan radiallahu anhu was such a good-natured person. A person out of town came to his gathering one day and he started insulting him. So Hassan radiallahu anhu patiently listened. At the end of the man's whole conversation, what is the response of, Ali, of Hassan radiallahu anhu? You seem to be a visitor in our town. If you require a place to stay or food to eat, please come to my door. This is a man... Hassan radiallahu an, 
who is known as the ambassador of peace. Ambassador of peace. Don't forget this. He is the ambassador of peace. A man of utter humility. One day he is walking in the streets of Marina and the group of poor people were sitting in the corner and they were eating. So when they saw Hassan coming past, they said to him, Oh Hassan, why don't you join us? Hassan looked at them. He walked up to them. He sat down with them and he partook of meals with them. When he was done, he said to them, why don't all of you come to my house now? So this whole group stood up and they went with Hassan Upon reaching his home, he gave all of them a whole lot of gifts and he even gave them food, etc. What a humble man. And this is a person who amazingly, amazingly, you know, some, one, one, I heard one Arab scholar saying so beautifully, when you play with your children, sometimes you take a shawl and you put it over your head and the child's head and you make a tent. And children love this. On one occasion, Nabi Sassim took his shawl and he took Hassan and Hussein radiallahu anhuma and Nabi Sassim فَأَدْخَلَهُمَا فِي غِطَائٍ Nabi Sassim covered them in the shawl. Then Ali radiallahu anhu walked in فَأَدْخَلَهُ Nabi Sassim called him also under there. Then Fatima radiallahu anha came فَأَدْخَلَهَا Nabi Sassim also took her under and this whole family now under the shawl of Nabi Sassim and what did Nabi Sassim said? Allahumma inna haulai ahli bayti Oh Allah, these are my family. Oh Allah, love them because I love them. Allahumma tahirhum tathira. Oh Allah, you purify them. These are the two children who got that dua of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Regarding Hassan radiallahu anhu in particular, what did Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say? Allahumma inni uhibbuhu. Oh Allah, I love Hassan. Oh Allah, I love him. So oh Allah, you also love him. And oh Allah, love the one who loves Hassan. This dilsas that we're having is not just to hear facts. It's for us to make the commitment today to Allah that, Oh Allah, I also love Hassan radiallahu Because if you love Hassan, then you love Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa And if you love Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa you love Allah. But what is the greatest benefit of this? The dua of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa Oh Allah, I love him. So love the one who loves him also. On another occasion, Nabi sallallahu said, Oh Allah, love the one who loves my Hassan. And Oh Allah, you hate the one who hates my Hassan. This, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, all had love for Ahlul Bayt. All the Sahaba loved the family of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And they especially loved these two, Hassan and Hussein radiallahu anhum. That is why the love among Sahaba was very mutual. Hassan radiallahu named one of his children Abu Bakr. He named one of his children Umar. Would anyone sitting here name your child after the name of a person you dislike? Never. Hassan radiallahu named his son Abu Bakr. He named another son Umar. And exactly like that, Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they had this mutual love. When Umar radiallahu received a lot of wealth in his Khilafah, he distributed this wealth. So his son, Abdullah, came to him and Umar gave him 500 gold coins. He takes his 500 gold coins and Hassan walks in. Umar takes out a thousand gold coins and gives it to him. So his son, Abdullah, looks at him and he says, Oh, my father, I get 500, but he gets a thousand. He says, Oh, my son, do you not know whose grandson is this? Do you not know whose son this is? 
This tells us about the love of Umar for Hassan One amazing incident is mentioned about clothing and cloth in particular that used to come from Yemen. And there are two different narrations regarding this. The cloth, one says the cloth was sent from Yemen and then there were clothing that sets that were sold and everybody got and the other narration says that the clothing came ready and at that time everybody were given clothing. So Umar gave everybody. When they came to the time of Hassan they wasn't a suitable one for him. So what did Umar do? He ordered a special garment to be made in Yemen to be given to Hassan In the time of Uthman the love between Hassan and Uthman was at such a level that Hassan came to Uthman and said, Oh Uthman, you are Khalifatul Muslimin. My life is in your hands. Use me wherever you want. And obviously, regarding Ali radiallahu an, it is, there is so much regarding Ali radiallahu an. But at the time of the death of Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu an, when the Sahaba came to him and said, Oh Ali, should we appoint your son Hassan as the next Khalifa? You are now leaving the world. Should we appoint your son Hassan as a Khalifa? Ali radiallahu an said, I will not instruct you to appoint my son as Khalifa, neither will I stop you from appointing him as Khalifa. However, I prefer that to leave it after I am gone so that Allah will unite the Ummah on a good leader just as Allah united the Ummah after Rasulullah Meaning when Nabi Sallallahu passed away, Allah united the entire Ummah on the Khilafat of Abu Bakr So he said, at this occasion, I'm not going to tell you to appoint my son or not to appoint him. What a great lesson we learn. In the affairs of deen, even if the son is capable, there is no direct inheritance in Islam of position in deen. It doesn't mean that the son is there, automatically he inherits from the father the whole system of deen. No. If he is capable, and the Muslim community, the Muslim Ummah appoints him, on that occasion will he be fit of that. This was what Ali radiallahu anhu had done. Ali radiallahu anhu passed away and Hassan radiallahu anhu was appointed by the Ummah as a consensus that he would now be the Khalifa. There was a difference of opinion among Sahaba at that point that should they avenge the, the death of Uthman radiallahu anhu and at that occasion Muawiyah radiallahu anhu felt it should be done immediately and on that occasion, Hassan said, let's, let's first establish things and then we'll do it later. At that point, there was a group that felt this, you know, some felt this way, others felt that way. However, the crux of the matter is that Hassan stayed as the Khalifa for six to seven months. That's it. One of the prophecies of Nabi was that Khilafa will remain in my Ummah for a period of 30 years. Beyond that, will not be considered a Khilafah. That Khilafah of 30 years ended with the ending of the Khilafah of Hassan radiallahu At the end of that six to seven months, when he now voluntarily stepped down from the mantle of Khilafah, it was a completion of 30 years. Hassan radiallahu had met with a group that represented Muawiyah radiallahu and he said, I am prepared to hand over the Khilafah on one condition. I have two conditions. One is 
you would be Khalifa and you would rule according to the Quran and Sunnah. And number two, that those people who are here now, you would follow me in terms of who I give peace to and those who I fight, you will fight. So Muawiyah an accepted and Muawiyah was then appointed as the next Khalifa. And at that point, Hassan an went onto the member and he clearly said it to everybody that this is a situation I have now voluntarily stepped down from the mantle of Khilafah and I've accepted Muawiyah as a Khalifa. Hassan and Hussain the two of them came, met now when the one brother gave up the Khilafah. So Hussain said to his brother, why have you handed over the Khilafah? So he called his brother in conference and he said to him, that have you not, do you not remember the hadith of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa the one I quoted earlier on, that Allah will resolve and will cause a, 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 a unity at the hands of, of this son, Hassan radiallahu an, between two groups of Muslims? Sayyidina said, yes, I recall that. That is when Hassan radiallahu said, this is what Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa our grandfather was referring to. I am stepping down from the mantle of Khilafah, so that Muslim blood will not be shed, let us rather have peace. In this condition, this was how Hassan came down, and it was at that point when Hassan then took his group of people and he went towards Madinah to Munawwara. When he was on his way to Madinah to Munawwara, remember in every era of Islam, there were those who wanted to break the Muslims, in every era. So they would come as hypocrites in between. They would, they would come and they would try and infiltrate the Muslims. Hassan was en route from uh, going towards uh, Madinah to Munawwara, when he was sitting and he was addressing the people to say that I have stepped down from Khilafah, there is nothing wrong with that, I am going to now go and worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One person who claimed to be his follower came front and said to him, you had no right to give over the Khilafah, you are causing fitna. He then took out a dagger and he stabbed Hassan on his thigh. This person was then caught, he was killed, but Hassan was then treated and he was well, he reached Medina to Munawwara and he lived for a period in Medina to Munawwara. Hassan thereafter was poisoned. Some say it was at the hands of those very same people who wanted to cause conflict amongst the Muslims. And he was poisoned and he passed away at the age of 45, some say 47 years old. Hassan has left a very, very, very great lesson for us. He was of the family of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was amongst those who Allah has praised in the Quran. He was amongst the Ahlul Bayt. Imam Shafi Rahimullah said so beautifully regarding the family of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya ala bayti Rasulillahi hubbukumu farundum min Allahi fil Qur'ani anzalahu yakfikum min azim al-fakhri annakumu man lam yusalli alaykum fala salatalahu Ya ala bayti Rasulillahi hubbukumu O family of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Your love fardum min Allahi fil Qur'ani anzalahu Is compulsory because Allah has revealed it in the Qur'an Yakfikum min azim al-fakhri annakumu It is sufficient for your honor to know Ballam yusalli alaykum Fala salata lahu Your salah cannot be complete until you do not read durood upon the family of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When we're reading in our tashahud, what do we say? Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala Ali Muhammad. Who's included in Ali Muhammad? All of this family of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The wives of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So this is the honor of the family of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
So every time you are now reading Durood, keep it in your mind when you say, Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad, you are making dua for the family of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Imam Shafi rahimahullah says, if a person doesn't honor and revere the family of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his salah cannot be complete. So Hassan radiallahu an was at such a level, such a level of khilafah. Yet, at that point, he handed over the mantle of Khilafah. Why? To avoid bloodshed amongst the Muslims. Hassan radiallahu an wanted to be buried in the same room with Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He requested, but the Sahaba felt that it would not be appropriate. His brother Hussein radiallahu an also accepted this. Sahaba, especially Hassan radiallahu an, was a person who always opted for peace. In whatever situation he was in life, he opted for peace. Now I ask you a question. How easy is it to step down from a position? Whether you're the president of the country, whether you're the CEO, whether you're the director, whether you're the head of the family, who today will step down voluntarily just for the sake of peace? Who will do that? Hassan radiallahu an stepped down from what? Not a company, not a family. He stepped down from being the Khalifatul Muslimin. Why? Just to maintain peace. In life, everybody will be challenged. When you're the head of the family and you're making a decision, and you know that I have two options, one will be peaceful and everybody will be happy, and one I can show my authority. What do we do? Whether it's in business, whether it's in family, whether it's in organizations, no matter where it is, who in today's times will step down for the sake of peace? In Bakatul Mukarramah, I heard, you know, when they have a gathering of ulama. So one of the advices that was given was that a person should not hold on to a position in deen for too long. And then this, this alim who was giving this, this talk, he said, what we fail to do as Muslims today is succession planning. What is succession planning? If you know you're running a business, and mashallah, it's running well, you're not going to be there forever. Train someone to take your position so the day you're not there, the business doesn't have to shut down. In your family, obviously there's always one head of the family. Everybody go to them for advice. Every family's got that. But that person's not going to be there forever. Succession planning is choose one person and every time you make a decision, tell them this is my decision and this is the rationale. This is why I am doing this. So they start understanding your thinking process. In organizations, the person on the top shouldn't be there forever. That person must groom somebody else. So that not just through the day my eyes close, this alim said so beautifully, he said, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam put who forward? Abu Bakr an in Salah. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam came into the masjid. Abu Bakr was imam. Sahaba wanted to bring Abu Bakr back. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, leave him. He says, is that not the first step towards teaching us succession planning? So this is something we need to do in life. And then this alim said so beautifully. He said, don't ever wait for the time to be kicked out of a position forcefully or being forced out of it, leave whilst Allah has given you izzah and honor 
and hand over in a good way so that you can improve that legacy that you've left. And he gave so many examples of Sahaba, radiallahu anhum. One example which he gave was Khalid bin Walid, radiallahu anhu. Khalid bin Walid, radiallahu anhu, is known as what? Sayfullah, the sword of Allah. That is why nobody could ever take down Khalid bin Walid, radiallahu anhu. On his deathbed, he cried. Khalid, radiallahu anhu, cried. He says, I went into so many battles. I wasn't blessed with shahadat, with martyrdom. What did Sahaba tell him? Oh Khalid, don't forget, Nabi Sallallahu named you Sayfullah, the sword of Allah. If you were martyred, it would mean that the sword of Allah was defeated. On one occasion, the Muslim world came to a point where they felt, when Khalid is in a battle, radiallahu an, we have to win the battle. We can't lose with Khalid radiallahu an. And yes, he was an amazing warrior. Probably the best warrior this world has known. At that occasion, Umar realized that the trust of the Muslims is coming off from Allah and going into Khalid bin Walid. So Umar wrote a letter and he said, go and give this letter to Khalid bin Walid. So it was before the battle when Khalid bin Walid is the Amir, he's the head, he gets the letter and in this letter, Abu Umar writes, Hello Khalid, I have taken you off from the mantle of position now. You will be a normal fighter. And so another Sahabi will now be the commander of this army. Khalid bin Walid, what does he do? What does he do? He could have fought it. I'm the best warrior. My strategy wins you wars. Khalid bin Walid stands up from his position. He walks to that Sahabi. He takes off the turban that is given to the commander. He puts it onto his head. That Sahabi says, what are you doing, O Khalid? He says, this is the command of Umar bin Khattab, Amir al-Mu'mineen. You are now the commander. He, tell, he takes him by the hand, he brings him in front. Khalid bin Walid sits in front of him and he says, I am a slave in your hand, use me wherever you want. That is what Sahaba taught us. Hassan taught us, step down for the sake of peace. There will be many occasions like that. Win the hearts of people over through peace. Win the hearts of your own children. Win the hearts of your own community. Win the hearts of this ummah. By what? Choosing peace. Even if you have to hand over your position, even if you have to hand over your authority, even if you have to do what is not correct in your eyes, not, maybe not correct, but what is not up for your ego, but do it. How did Nabi Sallallahu win people over? Abu Sufyan was not a Muslim on the conquest of Makkah. When he heard Nabi Sallallahu coming in, what did he do? Forget one sword, he took out two swords. And he says, let him come, I'll show him. The people said to him, Abu Sufyan, the man is coming with an army. He's taken over everything. You stand no chance. So what did Abu Sufyan do? This message reached Nabi Sallallahu Now Abu Sufyan one of his friends who was a Muslim tells him, listen, go and talk to Nabi Sallallahu Go in front of him, go and talk. So Abu Sufyan says, no, he comes on the side and now he's watching from a distance. Nabi Sallallahu makes an open announcement to everybody in Makkah. Man dakhala dara fulan fahuwa amin. Man dakhala dara fulan fahuwa amin. Whoever enters so-and-so's house, peace, you can't attack that person in there. Whoever enters so-and-so's house, you can't attack them. Peace. 
من دخل دار ابي سفيان فهو امين whoever enters the house of abu sufyan he's got peace you can't touch him so abu sufyan one of the narration says he turned around to the person behind him and he said which abu sufyan is he talking about so this is talking about you says me and i'm the one who said i won't allow him to conquer i'll kill him and there this prophet of allah is saying that if anybody enters my home he'll get peace so his friend tells him go and talk to nabi sallallahu so he says no i know now this is islam this is beauty this is what i need to follow but how do i go now after what i had said so his friend said to him go in front of nabi sallallahu and use the words of yusuf alayhi salam's brothers laqad atharaka allah alayna wa in kunna lakhati'in so he comes in front of nabi sallallahu on the right and he talks then he goes to the left and nabi sallallahu looks down and then he looks at nabi sallallahu and he says tallahi laqad atharaka allah alayna verily allah has given you has, has granted you a level above us allah has honored you above us and we were the ones who were wrong what did nabi sallallahu turn around and say to him la tathrib alayka alyawm no remorse against you today no revenge you come into the fold of islam at that occasion when nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam was in command conquest of makkah nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said bring that abu sufyan here with his two swords let me show him what did nabi sallallahu do man dakhala dar abi sufyan fa huwa amin and every one of us will have this opportunity in life it may be in a small way but remember your leader hasan radiyallahu an inna ibni hadha sayyid what did nabi sallallahu say this hasan is a leader if he's your leader then follow him if he's your leader then sacrifice not every war has to be taken 